0: Hello and welcome back to the Shabbat of the Week. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for joining our podcast. Today's Shabbat is, Oh Mother, What Do I Offer the Earth's Force in Worship? And I have a very special guest with me today who is a Senior Fellow of Policy and Research at the Sikh Research Institute, Harinder Singh. Harinder Singh, thanks for being with us. Guru Fateh, nice to be here. Great. So we're going to do this a little bit differently this week. Um, Harinder is going to read the Gurmaki, I'll read it in English and then we'll reflect upon it and do some vichar. So Harinder, please take it away.
1: Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Gujarī Sri Ravdas GK Pade kartija Ik Oankar Sat gurprasad Prasad. ta Bachare Thano Bitaryo Pool Pavar Jalmeen Bigaryo मई गोबद पूजा कहा लचरावो अब ना पूल अनूप न पावो रहाहओ मैंलागर बेरे है प अंगा दिख अमृद बस है एक संगा उप दीप नहीं बविदध है बसा कैसे पूज कर है तेरीदासा मनतन अर पों it's on page 525 of Guru Granth Sahib.
0: Thank you for reading that, Harinder. Now I'm going to read the Transcreation by you and Inikar. A clean calf contaminated the milk. Bee spoiled the flour. Fish the water. O oh, Mother, what do I offer the earth's force in worship? I have no worthy flower for the incomparable. Reflect. Snakes and sar, malagar, sandalwood trees, poison and nectar dwell together. Incense, lamps, and edible idol offerings are contaminated due to odor. How then are your votaries to worship you? I dedicate body and mind, offer them in vers- worship by guru's grace that immaculate is realized i don't know how to worship or venerate you says ravi das how will i fare just a side note the sandalwood trees that are in the malai mountain is what he's talking about so let's reflect upon this what this transcreation that you and Inikar worked on let's go uh, maybe you could put the Shabbat in a little bit of context, and then we can talk about it.
1: Sure. So you know, in the larger area arena of world, in the religious arena, and this is South India, South Asia. There's the context. There are worship modes everywhere in the world, and there are offerings being made through particular religious or cultural sort of sentiments as to what do we offer to whoever you believe in. In this case, in South Asian context, they are offering things to the deities. And generally speaking, they want to offer those things to deities which they consider quote-unquote pure, which are not contaminated, which are not touched, which means something which anyone else hasn't taken yet or tasted yet or smelled yet. So the idea is how do I present the purest things in the worship mode, to whatever deity you believe in. That's the context. So what happens is, Bhagat Ravdās being one of the radical pagats of South Asia, that's why he shows up in Guru Granth Sahib, and the radical here implies root-oriented, somebody who wants to question the popular modes of worship. In that context, he says, you know, I mother symbolism is used here in the Rahao line. And generally, when the mother word shows up in Rahav lines, it implies you're talking to the world through your mother. So when he says, what do I offer the earth force in worship? It's a rhetorical question he's asking. The one who is the creative force of the world, what can I offer that force? There is no flower worthy of that incomparable. So point being uh, that he's asking us, he's questioning the popular methodologies, popular modes of worship, he says, the one who is the creative force, what can I offer? And then he gets to explain that. And in explaining that, he talks about, first, uh, for, first thing, for example, he uses is, you know, anything which is made of the milk, because in South Asian traditions of varieties of religions, they use a lot of milk for everything. Uh, he says, how can I give that milk is not pure because a calf has already touched it? How can I give nice flowers or the garland because the bees have already spoiled it? How can I even use the water itself because the fish have already tasted it? He says, how can I even get you the best sandalwoods of the world? Because this whole thing about, you know, you've probably seen incense and other things among deities. You know, in non-deity traditions, people use that. And that's where the, uh, in the cultural connotation, the word malagar is used, which comes actually from malya agar. Malya is, an uh, epical mountain, which is cited by the way in Ramayana and Mahabharata, you know when Shakuntala is saying that when she talks about, uh, or the Sita is talks about it, is referenced in it. So point being, it's a it's a mountain whose sandalwoods are considered amazing. He says, you know, even the sandalwood tree, it's already been touched by the snake because snakes live on sandalwood trees, and then it's actually referencing another big thing, which is the ocean itself, implicitly mentioned that poison and nectar dwell together, implying, you know, again, it's in Indian Hindu mythology, uh, when the gods and the demons were fighting, they were churning the ocean, and within the ocean was the biggest poison and the biggest nectar. So point being that anything you want to go, it has already been touched, already been contaminated, and he continues with that idea where he says incense, lamps, and edible offerings are contaminated. Everything is, Essentially, nothing is pure. So he's questioning the idea of pure. If everything has been touched or smelled or whatever, contaminated, then how can your votaries worship you? So he's basically brought it down that the idea of pure offerings, the ideas of worship don't make sense to him. So what makes sense to him is his next part. He says, the only thing which I can give you is my mind and body. Because other things you have to pay for, and that's another thing being questioned. Because we think by spending more money, we can buy certain things which are the best of the world or the purest of the world. And if I offer those to our deities, then somehow the deity will be happy. He says, no, only thing I have figured out is I can give my body and mind. And this is how I'm going to realize the divine. So I figured this out. But even then at the end, he says, I'm not sure if this is really what worship is supposed to be. And according to the people or the religious experts of the time, they are saying this is not the worship, and they're saying uh, this is not how you will be dealt with eventually, whatever the ahead comes. So he's saying it rhetorically ends that I don't know how I will fare. The whole thing he's questioning is the worship mode, the monies we spend on it, and we think we are pleasing somebody, in the divine, but he says, really, I am interested in utilizing the body I have and the mind I have to connect with you, and I feel. This is the way to actually be, quote unquote, worship
0: you. You know, reading the last uh, one of the last lines of body and mind makes me realize, you know, that is very hard to give. Anybody could get some money um, and and buy things for somebody. But giving something, and I'm not saying to even somebody, just even in your work, your career, you know, and, and in your spirituality, giving your body and mind takes effort, makes you uncomfortable.
1: Well, it make and, and now let's put it in the context of uh, Pagat Ji himself. He made lots of people uncomfortable, the the power brokers of the time, in his time. Um, this is not a small thing when Guru Ram Das says that Ravdas Chamar kare, Har Kirat Nimakai Patit ja Tampaya Char Varan pag aaye. What he's saying is. What Ravidas has done, the world called him the Chamar, the leather worker. But his real greatness is what he did, that he connected with the divine. And now people praise him. And nobody's looking at his social status anymore. And people from all backgrounds are coming and bowing at his feet. Because he did what we call, he did not follow the conventional wisdom. This is what Guru Ramdas Pasha is saying about him. Of course it is hard. Giving up your mind and body, and when we say giving up, offering them, which basically means I want my body and mind to be trained by the divine. Think about that. Whereas we are trying to please the divine by going to the offering. So conventional wisdom was saying, including in his time, just like in our time, the religious conventional wisdom, that you can offer things in order to connect with the divine. He says, no, I want my mind and body to be trained in order to connect with the divine.
0: Wow, that's really powerful considering that all of this is I know Pagatravidas uh wrote this uh back in the day, let's say, but all this stuff is still happening right now. You know, the funny part is uh, it made me think about it. I walked in, my dad was watching uh, some Punjabi channel and I think they were at the Pagit uh, and, and I think I, I know they were at the Ravidas temple and um or Gudwara or Ravidas in the Gudwara, you know, whatever people call it. Um and uh over here it says it's a flower. There were people in the video throwing flowers at the Guru Sahib, and Pagitravidas is writing, I can't even offer you flowers because it's contaminated. All I could offer you is body and mind. They're cleaning things with milk. It's like it's just funny because they're doing the total opposite of exactly what he's saying in the Shabbat.
1: Yeah, and you know he's doing this. He is roughly uh, you know, in fourteen hundreds, you know, historians that's where they put him to be historically chronologically. So yes, it's roughly the same time as Guru Nanak, and you can apply that. They're contemporaries. They're comrades in arms in one sense. You know, if you want to use that kind of vocabulary. Because what are they 6C end up doing the same thing in their Gurdwaras as well. So the point is the popular mode of worship of what Bhagat Ji is talking about, and what Guru Nanak Sahib talks about, and what Kabir Ji talks about, and the other contributors of Guru Granth Sahib, they're actually countering what the popular practices are even today. And this is where I think the game is. This is where I think our learning from the Shabbat also is. Because Pagadravdahji is talking about you can get busy with and debating with or blogging with or podcasting with, whatever you want to do, or worshipping with as to what is the right kind of worship. Or you can take your body and mind and train it. And train it so well to connect with the divine that's eventually all the people who debate about it, once you have trained it, they will see it, and that's what Guru Ram Das told us about Bhagavad Gita Ji. So we become busybodies, and that's what we do. We debate everything, including the worship modes, whereas really the important point is to getting the
0: body and mind trained. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's, I guess that was true then and true now.
1: Well, and that's the idea of Guru Granth Sahib. I think this, uh, the idea in Guru Granth Sahib uh, is in the first slok. When we say Ad such Jugad such, haibi such, nanakosi pe such, that's exactly what it means. It see it means that uh, the 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 eternity is of the idea of the wisdom. Uh, so whether it was in the fourteenth century or whether in the twenty first century it applies and stays still at exactly the same level as where it was when the original contributor mentioned, in this case Ji. So I want to actually talk about one more thing. You know, for example, this idea of um, within this, that you can go get the most expensive thing to offer. So, you know, when they're talking about Malagar, that is like the most expensive sandalwood, which is mentioned in epics. Or it could be very basic things like water, which by the way, in his case, he couldn't even fetch that from the regular places. So this is very much about the rights as well. That the people who are saying that these are the things you can offer, do we even have access to these? Do I have access to the water because I'm considered the low caste? Do I have an access to go to a particular garden and get this flower? Do I even have access to get the sandalwood from uh, Malaya Mountain? So he's essentially saying this is a big game. First, they tell you these are the rules of the game, then they want you to play with it while they know you don't have access to certain equipment for the game he's like you know what the game i want to play is a different game it has different rules it has different equipment so that's another way to look at this right great,
0: great so i also asked the new this a couple of times um how do i know know this stuff but there's a little you know and it should be uh you know about what's happening around you society political aspects as, as you just mentioned but also what i mean you you have you have kids as well. How do you explain a Shabbat like this to like a five, six-year-old? What would be a key takeaway here for someone someone like in that age group?
1: was yes, ironic you asked me this. I'm going to share something very personal. Yesterday, last night, we were all sitting doing the out together at home. And uh, after that, we did an ardas, and um, there were some questions. And on the dinner table, uh, Gani Kaur, my seven year old, asks, Daddy, how come you didn't do Matha take today? I said, that's a great question, Gani. Let's talk about that. What else did you see today? Was there a Prakash? And I'm sharing this as a personal level. She's like, no. And then Jodha said, yeah, you know, there wasn't a Prakash, but, you know, the Babaji Saroop was there, Guru Gansav sarup. So this has to do with the worship mode. That's why I'm discussing this. And this is a personal level. And then I had my niece there, Jasleen, and she's. I'm like, what do you think? What should we be doing? Because we are told to do matthatek all the time. If an important person was not present in your class or in your um, school or in wherever, in the court, will we be saying good morning or hi? So I was trying to make them think about it, essentially. And this is what I think the Shabbat says to me, and this is how I talk to my kids about that there are traditions and there are modes of worship which I follow. If there's a Prakash, I always do matthaddik. And But at the same time, I told them, I want you to think about what you're doing. And if it doesn't make sense, it's okay to discuss it. So if there is no Prakash, it doesn't make sense to me, and that's why I didn't do Mathadik. But I do not stop people because it depends on your relationship with the persons. you know. In Sikhi, the presence is all the time, but this is a protocol. Which essentially means that this is something we do because of the systems we have developed. But system makes become makes more sense. It becomes more powerful if you are thinking with it. So I had this conversation last night actually with them, and this is how I talked to them about it: that yes, we pay, we salute them, we do mithathe, we pay the highest levels of respects, but make sure. You're you as you're learning this at some point, you have to start thinking about it. Does this make sense?
0: Whatever you do, got it. No, that's a great lesson. Yeah, no, I was want to see if we could break this down into a younger age group. So, uh, thanks for sharing that personal story. Um, and I appreciate you. Any last thoughts on Pagitra Vidas, the Shabad uh, before we let you go? Uh, sure, and
1: I think, um, I the way the Shabbat is written, now let me relate a little bit more at my level, at a earth level. You know, the this line about Mantan, uh, he, in Punjabi, you know, there's this word which says, Ki, peta, peta is an offering. And the way it's written is, Mantan Arpo Pooj Charavon. He says, I do have one ask. My ask is that, can I can I get to that level? This is for me. What Pakidav Razi is teaching me in this Shabd is, can Harinder get to that level where am I able, able to offer my mind and my body as the worship? So why I go through my worship modes as I learn them through the Sikh traditions, as I learn them through Sikh Rath At some point, am I going to be just remaining in these modes or am I going to be actually offer not just the nicest uh, Romales for my Babaji, which I, I like to do, or the nicest Sassars, which I like to do, or the whatever else we can put in you know, Guru Granth Sahib's presence. But at some point, can Harinder get to the level where he can offer his mind and body to the Guru to connect with
0: the Guru? Great. Thank you uh, for sharing that with us. Um, and so before I let you go, what's uh, what's happening in your world? I know I said that you're a senior fellow, Policy and Research. What's your role in uh, in the Sikh Research Institute these days?
1: So I have a interesting role for this year, which essentially has to do with more content development. So I'm writing blogs um, twice a month for them. I am also working with Inikar. She's leading the project on Shabbat of the Week, which uh, she graciously wanted me to do this one. And uh, in addition to that, the larger two works are, I'm looking into interpretations of Guru Granth Sahib and how to make them more accessible. And later in the year, we'll have some projects coming out on that. And, And I'm also looking into how do we deal with, as six, how do we deal with the most contentious issues within the community? Can we come up with some way to present them and create some agreements on or at least discussion on? So sort of looking into more um, sort of framing the conversations which are affecting all six, but in a manner where we can try to understand the complexities and also the
0: answers from Guru Granth Sahib. Great, great, man. Wish you the best with all that. I'm sure everyone's going to be looking out for your works. Um, I'm sure you'll tweet about them. I'm sure they could find out on zikri.org. Just want to let everybody know, when you, if you want to read the transcreation of the Shabbat, Please log on to Sikri.org, click on the Experience tab, and you'll see all the shabbats of the Week, plus uh, other things that might be of interest to you. Uh, Harinder Singh, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you.